When I was reading this story yesterday, details of same regarding the Ipswich Greyhound track, of course, the show society basically leased the track to Racing Queensland. And we know we're going to finish up race Greyhound Racing at the showgrounds and move to a brand new facility, a marvellous facility, at Perga late next year, which has got three tracks, straight track, one turn and a two turn. But I thought it was April 1 when I was reading this story and Jason Scott's joining us as the boss of Racing Queensland, the CEO. Good morning, Jason. Morning, Steve. How are you? Good. Please take me through this particular story with the show society and a bit of a battle that's been going on with Racing Queensland. Yeah, I thought it was April 1 on Monday when I received a letter from the show society as well. So for 43 years, uh, Ipswich Greyhounds have had the lease with Ipswich Show Society for the, for the track out there. And, you know, it's, it's been a good relationship. Everything's been cordial. Uh, last uh, lease was uh, hammered out three years ago, which uh, gave us three years, which is up 31 January next year. Probably we're going to need another year. Uh, we asked for another year because it's going to take another year for us to have the Greyhound track finished. And part of that lease that was uh, agreed on by both parties in 2020 was uh, was uh, 400,000 make good from the Ipswich Greyhound Club to the showgrounds, basically to, to revert it back to how it was. And both sides signed the contract. Ipswich Greyhounds, I know, have this 400,000 quarantined. We got a letter on uh, Monday... Um, asking if the you know we're requesting the final lease be with Racing Queensland and they put the price up fifty percent for a year that's fine it went to you know for about one hundred and sixty grand to two hundred and forty you know we we're only signing a one year lease so we've got to pay a bit of pain there but the, but the the kicker was unless we paid them twelve million dollar exit fee they wouldn't they they're unwilling to uh, uh, to to give us the lease for the next year I've spoken to the show society president by phone on Friday, on Monday, then in person on Tuesday. and They're steadfast. Unless they get their $12 million either from Racing Queensland or government, uh, they're not willing to extend the lease. Look, Racing Queensland doesn't have $12 million spare, and if we did, um, we're in the business of running racing and looking after participants, not in the business of uh, paying an ultimatum to beautify showgrounds around Queensland. How did they come to that figure of $12 million? I'm not sure how the figure has come by. I, we had a we had a meeting with some participants of Ipswich Greyhounds and the Show Society on Monday. Uh, what was that Tuesday night? Um, I get the feeling their overall sentiment is you're getting a nice new facility moving to Perga. We're entitled to something, and I think that's their mindset, and that's fine. But they're welcome to go and negotiate with government and state of all levels to look after the shows. It's not at Racing Queensland's. Um, Cross to carry, burden to carry. So basically it's a fee to upgrade the facility when, when you depart to go to Perga is what basically the, the cost, that $12 million will go towards. Um, yeah, that's that yeah. exactly correct. Yeah. What would the property be worth? I mean, the, the land value, the whole property. Uh. Yeah, I, I'm pretty – again, I'm not sure of the, of the ownership there, but I suspect it's probably owned by Switch Council or, uh, or the state government uh, and the show has – Operating rights, but I could be wrong, and I'm no I'm no real estate valuer, so I'm not even going to guess. So, could they take it further legally or anything? What do you think? Well, they... no, I mean we're basically we're at an older mate, and we either pay the twelve million or get out, or we don't race from um, February one. Look, the sentiment from everybody I've spoken to, from the president down at Ipswich Greyhound Clubs, 
is not to pay a cent. That I've had trainers reach out to me, but some of the top trainers in Queensland reach out to me and say, Jason, you can't do this. And well, we'd already decided we'd come to that conclusion ourselves. So we race four times a week at Ipswich. We'll have to spread those around, Albion Park, Capella Bar, and, and the regions, probably Townsville, Rocky, somewhat, one of those will get an extra meeting a week or we'll share it. It's just a matter of managing the dog populations. The biggest loser, and in fact, the only loser out of this, are the greyhound owners in the Ipswich district who don't have a track close to them to both race and trial. But, I mean, unfortunately, that's out of our hands unless unless we're able to come to an agreement fairly quickly. But that feels forlorn right now. As you know, in the past 20 years in Queensland, we lost the, the boutique Parklands Greyhound track and Bean Lee, of course, many years ago. Yes, and look, and, and they're both, for differing reasons, both regrettable. Um, I think the people of Ipswich would have loved one more year. Certainly the, some of the participants I'd spoken to had been around and knew the history of the whole 40 or 50 years. Would have loved one more, one more Ipswich Cup, one more Vince Curry, and all those time-honoured races. But it feels like it won't be. So Albion Park will take the extra meetings, no drama at all. The, the Greyhound track oh, I can take can take a couple. They certainly can't take the full load. We're working with Luke Gatehouse and his team out there at Albion Park and Les Bain, the president. We certainly spoke to them literally the day we the day after we found out about this problem to understand their load. You know, we've got to be careful. We've also got the harness racing there. And one of the biggest challenges that we're going to have with the greyhounds is trialling. Um, you know, we've, we've sort of, a couple of days trialling at both tracks has gone. Albion Park's going to have to handle that load. And I'm not sure what that means. It might mean Saturday or Sunday mornings we prefer not to for the participants. But if it's the only time free, uh, it's going to certainly be a very busy entity, Albion Park, for us for the next 12 mm. months. So how long are we allowed to stay at the Greyhound facility there? You mentioned we'll probably start those extra meetings, no Ipswich, from February next year. So how long can we yeah, stay at the Greyhound? 31 January our lease ends. So, so we'll race right up to that. Probably we might have to leave a week early to start removing things like boxes um, and things that we want, lures, things that we do want to keep. But we'll, we'll work through that as, as it gets closer. As I said, I only found out about this verbally last Thursday and in writing on Monday. So yeah. it's moved fairly fast. Yeah. So we, re-Albion Park, sorry, Jason, when do we have to vacate from that facility, the Greyhounds? Uh, the Greyhounds? We're still look. The Greyhound track will be will be finished well before the current date that we've got with government. Uh, we think we'll be ready. The new track will be ready September October twenty twenty four. Yep. So our plan is basically um, we'll have to drip feed again. I mentioned trialling. We're going to have to trial. We've got three tracks and eight hundred to a thousand dogs in southeast Queensland, so they're going to want to trial certainly on the one turn and the two turn track probably twice. They, some will want to trial on the straight track. So there's a hell of a lot of trials we need to run before we can race, which is good because it'll let us work through everything. And then I think we'll move to one or two days a week before you know our plans to be fully at the queue in uh, in February of 25. Mm, of course, the bulldozers have been there for some time now, several months, haven't they, up at Perga, the new site? Yeah, yep, yep. The all the earthworks, uh, BMD and Mick Power and his crew have done a good job there. Uh, so that's finished. We've signed signed a signed a contract with the builder. And two weeks' time, two to three weeks' time, the building will, will start happening. Yeah, of course, Border Park's another track we used to have that was serviced by a lot of southeast Queensland traders many years ago. You would know, Jason, there in northern New South Wales, just over the border into Tweed Heads. We lost that track as well years ago. Yeah, well, me coming from a book bookmaking background, there was a couple of big bookmakers used to field there on a Saturday batting on the thoroughbreds too, didn't they? Like the old Rockley Trot days. Yeah, absolutely they did. 
Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the Greyhound. So likely to finish up racing there at Ipswich uh, early in the new year. But you reckon um, we won't be without a Metropolitan home there. It'll work okay from Albion Park into the transition into Perga. Um, yeah, unless yeah. something unforeseen happens, we're really confident that we won't have any problems. It's It's been very well structured and organised. Um, and the Greyhounds, will, the Greyhounds should be seamless with this little kink that we have about not having Ipswich for 12 months. But we can work through that. Now, last time we spoke, uh, you did bring us the latest for the Albion Park harness track. Um, uh, the government requesting that we, we depart there in, early in 2025. But you were pushing hard and a lot of work was going on behind the scenes, read an extension, read the trots. Where do we sit with that right now? Still pushing very hard, a lot of work. We're dealing with uh, uh, EDQ, Economic Department Queensland, who are involved with, with the Olympic Organising Committee. I've met the most senior people there in the last two to three weeks. Uh, they are, they understand our situation and they understand the, the the potential catastrophic result it would result for Harness. Uh, and they've promised I'll have an answer uh, before Christmas, but I'd like to have it prior to that. I'm still very confident. I think the minister understands the problem, and as she said to me, Jason, this can't happen. So I suspect over time we, I'm very confident that we'll get. We'll get some relief. How much extension do you think we'll get, like latter part of 2025? Um, no, I'm asking for 26. 26, early 2026. The initial date we were given is October 26, and I think, you know, that that's certainly our preference and what we're asking for. So October 2026, possibly. Hopefully. If they have a sympathetic ear. So that brings me to the next point. How are we going with Norwell, the new track? Well, realistically, so we've put the... Dam ID in, it's been out for community consultants, so now it's basically going through the government uh, the government building requirements. To put that in some perspective, the Greyhounds took about 10 months to come through that. Our government already have been really helpful here. They're going to speed this one up for us. Uh, hopefully we'll have that through by February next year, and that means we can start work February or March next year, um, providing all is good, which we expect it will be. How long do you think it'll take to develop the facility? I know you said you know it might be just a case to start with the stables and the track uh, to get some action there. So when do you think it could potentially open up at Norwell if everything goes fairly oh, smoothly? There's so much that can go, that, that can get extended all the way through. I would think I would hope that we might be able to get something by uh, early 20, back end of 25, early 26, but that might be being completely Incredibly optimistic. All right. Uh, we need to work through this early part. Yeah, and of course, if they don't have a sympathetic ear, the Olympic Committee there, um, of course, Redcliffe will be basically it, won't it? Redcliffe will be it. Yeah. Yes, it will. Um, and yeah, we'll have to we'll have to make do. But again, I'm very confident uh, that that our friends, as I said, EDQ and the Olympic Organising Committee will. Uh, understand the problem and, and we'll find a solution. Jason, you had a meeting with the ATA recently. It was on a Monday and there were the stewards there as well, Curic were represented and there were th several things discussed. Was there much come out of that that we need to know about? I know there was talk of twilight on a Sunday racing or, sorry, a night race yeah. meeting on a Sunday in Queensland. No, we'll, we'll try We'll try in January. We're going to try four Saturdays, uh, four Sundays, uh, twilight meetings at, at the Sunshine Coast. Look, we've got the lights. Sunday racing around the world, it's almost like roulette around Australia. You put Sky Channel on every three minutes, there's a new race, and it's sort of like no more bets, and it goes again. So we're hoping we can get some clean air racing in conjunction with the twilights, which 
lucky enough, lands right with Hong Kong, which, let's face it, is the best racing uh, we see in Australia on a Sunday. Um, and I think we're obviously on the right path because the, the jungle, bum, jums, jungle drums are beating that RBL are going to do something very similar. So we'll push it. We're going to push back about two, two and a half hours. Okay. And 10 races at this stage on a Saturday. How long will that, that go for, do you think? Summer only. I, think, I don't think we want to be running 10 races in winter. Uh, so as soon as daylight savings in the southern states finish, we'll stop, we'll stop the, te- the 10 races. We think we can get an advantage, certainly in the next probably three weeks' time, where we can run race nine here after race 10 uh, down south and then race 10. Dusk is just a little bit too early for that right now. But as we move further into the summer, uh, we can have two races after the last two in Sydney and Melbourne, again leading into this Perth Carnival, which which, which will help which will help wagering. Anything else to come out of that meeting? Oh, I, th- I think the big ones work cover, trainers work cover. I mean the, the trajectory of the the trajectory of the premiums that these guys are paying are absurd. With we've got several trainers paying over over two hundred thousand dollars. When I say several, probably four or five. Many paying paying in the the hundreds hundred and fifties. Um, the, the premiums pretty much doubled in three years. Uh, so I think Racing Queensland, we're working to, with the trainers to find a way to help them there. But it's certainly top of mind for trainers and also of us, for us. Yeah. So what, a different insurer or something like that, Jason? Or uh... <laughs> Under Queensland law, we have to go with work cover. You do. I, I think the answer is Racing Queensland helping to subsidise. Uh, the trainers. Yeah, Kelly Sweeter, of course, um, I think 130, and you mentioned a few other, I think the Edmonds team at the case, yeah. for example, around the, the 200,000 per, per year. Yeah, you know, I think David Van Dyke's above 200. Waller, and I know Gollum's well over that. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of money. Mm. Jason, we're seeing a lot of country venues as well, um, you know, venues that a lot of us aren't, aren't too familiar with, but they've got tab coverage now in recent weeks, and going into next week, I think we're going to Mount Isa, for example, next Tuesday. Yeah. Look, these were decisions made before my time. It's certainly great to take racing to the country. We'll have to look at the economic impact of what it's had. Uh, I think we need to continue them, but let's make sure we're racing on the correct days. And that's that's what we'll look at in the uh, 24 calendar. Anything else you'd like to get across to our listeners while we have the chance? No, no. I mean, just enjoy the carnival. What's happened down south in the first three, three to four weeks has been fantastic. We've now got three or four weeks coming up, and then we'll lead into our summer and um, working very closely with Barry Bowdish to make sure the Magic Millions and that Gold Coast track is, is, is in perfect perfect nick. I meant to ask you about that. It's important as well. So when do you think we'll be back? What Has Ross Gove planned a, a meeting for the grass? What date? Look, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question you ask because we got a meeting with, uh, had a meeting yesterday with Gold Coast Surf Club. We'd like to think early December. Uh, you know, time. I've said this many times that time will tell. Um, in terms of putting horses over, it, we think we'll we'll run two, if not three, meetings prior to the Magic Millions. Uh, I just I just like to touch on some rubbish that came out of Victoria last week. It was obviously a quiet week there, and they didn't want to mention the Everest. But that rubbish that was started by uh, by nine two seven about there being contingency plans and us not thinking Gold Coast won't be ready is completely incorrect. And I reiterate everything that Steve Wine said on the show. Right. So it could be maybe the 2nd of December, the 9th, something like that. They're two Saturday dates there early in December. Somewhere in there is where we're we're looking at. But obviously trials would have to be sometime in November, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. So look, it's a progression, but it's growing very well. Um, Until we put a horse over it, we're being very patient. 
uh, we won't know. But um, at the moment, we, we couldn't be happier. And just in regards to the carnival, Jason, I mean, Joey, we've got a bit to hang our hat on, haven't we, with the Stradbroke, for example. Like, you know, last year it was Alligator Blood and Private Eye. We saw what Alligator Blood and Private yeah. Eye both did on the weekend and how good a horses they are. And this year, you know, the Everest winner came, won the Stradbroke. It's just, just a great advertisement to bring your good horses here because they can do it during the spring. 100%. And, you know, I mean, Cobra Leak is going to be very hard to beat in the there Gold you go. Rose as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been fantastic. Um, actually, we've got the horse that's in the market in the Caulfield Cup as well. What is it? Without a its name escapes me right now. But yeah, look, I think I think it's been fantastic, and that's with the with the headline grabber Giga Kick, who was going to be ever a favourite getting injured after winning the ten thousand. So uh, it's proven that our carnival is in the perfect time. Horses do well up here, and that 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 and our our, our increased more competitive prize money will continue to bring horses up. Yeah, of course, Santino beating a nose. You're referring to Without a Fight, who dominated the Q22. And, yeah, you're right. It's one of the faves for the Caulfield Cup on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I've hit you with 10,000 questions. Jason, you can have a, take a breath now. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Steve. Yep, I have to give tre- credit to Jason Scott, as I've said before. Um, he only just started when I was ringing him driving mad. He only got his feet under the table. And every time I've asked for an interview, he's always come back to me very quickly and uh, answered a lot of questions up front there this morning.